for me, I have a lot of hope in the millennial generation, but also the upcoming Gen Zers. I really believe that these two, you know, cohorts believe in their individual power to drive change. These two generations are really the ones channeling their energies towards meaningful action. They're increasing their political involvement. They're aligning their spending and their career choices with their values. Welcome back to another edition of Be The Change Georgia, brought to you by Be Local Georgia. I'm Nathan Stuck, and I'm passionate about amplifying the voices of the amazing leaders surrounding the B Corp community in the Southeast who are showing how making a profit and making a difference aren't mutually exclusive ideas. Today, there are more than 4,000 B Corps across 75 countries and 150 industries, unified by one common goal, transforming the global economy to benefit all people, communities, and the planet. If you want to learn how to plug into our purpose-driven business community alongside the inspiring leaders we feature on this show, check us out at BeLocalGeorgia.com and we'll hope to meet you at our next event. Today, I had the pleasure of sitting down with our dear friend, Allie Hellinger, the community manager of Creature Comforts Brewing in Athens, Georgia. In her role at Creature, she helps steward the company's community give back programs. She's also the company's self-proclaimed beekeeper or project manager behind Creature's B Corp certification and upcoming recertification. She began this role in January of 2020 after working in higher education for the previous four years. Today, we dive into her story of how she got started in a career focused on sustainability, how her career has progressed in the meaningful world of CSR, and how she has led Creature Comforts through the B Corp certification process with the invaluable help of the local academic community. We also discuss how next-gen professionals can align their values with their profession to bring about a better vision for the future. Okay, let's jump right into this episode with Allie Hellinga. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Be the Change Georgia. Today, we're joined by Allie Hellinga from Creature Comforts. Allie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Nathan. I'm excited. I know. this is uh, It's always fun. I say on most of these that it is a a lovely opportunity for people to be uh, a fly on the wall in a conversation we would normally be having. So we're just sharing this one with the world, so no pressure. <laughs> well, first off, um, you have a very interesting story. So I wanted to kind of back up and just get into your journey. So why did you first decide to pursue a career in sustainability and who and what uh, influenced you the most along that journey? Honestly, I would have to say my grandfather. One of my favorite memories of him growing up was just spending hours, and I mean hours, outside with him, just like craning our necks and looking up at the trees. He had just like massive oak trees in his front yard, and every time I'd go to visit, rain or shine, you know, freezing winters or blazing hot Georgia summers, the two of us would just spend hours um, really just watching the leaf patterns dance up against the sky. And all the while, my grandfather would go into these details about, Ali, did you notice the structure of the leaves and the color of the leaves and how tall the tree could continue to grow and, you know, anything to how much water it could absorb in a day. And he really knew it all. And at the time, fifth grade, Ali, little Ali, just appreciated the time with my grandfather, of course. But 
I just didn't realize it in that moment, but that is really where I point to of that moment that inspired that deep love and that passion for our world's natural entities. And, you know, later in life, I came to the same epiphany of, I want to be able to have those exact same moments that I had with my grandfather one day with my future grandchildren. And to really be able to have these moments in the future, we need to do a better job caring for the planet now. And of course, if reality didn't come to this epiphany as a child, it really wasn't until the summer of 2014. I was a sophomore at the University of Georgia, and I had the opportunity to study abroad in Costa Rica that summer. And mind you, I studied public relations and communication studies while I was at college. So at the time, I was very, you know, focused on what a career in PR would look like and what would it look like to work at an ad agency and those kind of career paths, thinking that sustainability was more of this hobby or something that I just enjoyed doing. But it wasn't until I studied abroad in Costa Rica that I realized that I was able to combine this educational background I had been working on, but also with my passion. I really think that when I reflect on my time in Costa Rica, the country gave me so much more than I ever could give it back. I left with, of course, a decent amount of bug bites. That's a story for another day. But also just this appreciation for this beautiful country and this passion for protecting the natural entities that exist here. And after my sophomore year, I came back to Athens and I was like, sustainability, this is it for me. I started work at the UGA Office of Sustainability and my first year working with the UGA Sustainability Office. Believe it or not, I was a goat herder. We had a, a team of 16 goats that worked and ate all of the invasive species along Tanyard Stream. Uh, right near campus. And it was not what I thought I was going to be doing, but I love those goats. And it's, it's a fun story to tell, but I ended up working for the Office of Sustainability throughout my time in college. And eventually my role kind of started shaping into more of a communications and events and marketing role, still working within the sustainability office. Uh, but at the same time, I was like, I got to get myself back to Costa Rica. I love what we're doing in Athens and I love working in higher ed sustainability, but like I have to get back to Costa Rica. It just had me in a trance from the last time I was there. And I ended up applying to intern in Costa Rica because yeah, your parents say get a summer job and you're like, great, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to Costa Rica. And so UGA had a campus over in Costa Rica. And I worked as the sustainability intern, really gathering and producing the 2014-2015 sustainability report. So a lot of writing, graphic design, but also just being able to get firsthand experience in terms of like calculating emissions and populating the campus's carbon calculator. And at the same time, having the opportunity to measure, to interview you know, UGA Costa Rica employees, but also San Luis community members, so both like research and data and storytelling. I led eco tours. It was also the summer I thought it was a great idea to make my own shampoo and deodorant. 
not a great, not a great outcome for those. Uh, spoiler alert! But I was leading eco tours for folks visiting that campus, and just had the summer and the job of my life. And from that moment, when I graduated from UGA in 2016, I was like, jobs exist, you know, for folks like me that, you know, might not have studied environmental studies or landscape architecture or very like specific things. I realized that I had an opportunity with my background in PR and communications to still work in a sustainability role. And I ended up graduating and I didn't have a job because I was holding out hope. I was like, something is going to come my way. Like it has to. And I remember my dad at the time was just like, Allie, that you need to, that is too narrow a focus. Like expand your horizons. Like you are not going to be able to find a job. And I was like, no. I am. So I ended up taking an internship out of college, but it was with the city of Atlanta and I, the city of Atlanta's Office of Sustainability. And I worked under the city's first ever urban agriculture director. And my days were really spent in community gardens, um, at local fire stations and working to design food forests and locating spots in Atlanta where, you know, food deserts exist for potential pop-up farmers markets. And then my afternoons and evenings were really like graphic design and brand guidelines and developing communication strategies and building strategic partnerships. And it was honestly a dream. I had the best time working for the City of Atlanta Sustainability Office. And it was really this position that allowed me that first taste of community building and what it looks like to work like with the community to make things happen. So I finally got my first big girl job and the, the folks over at Wake Forest within their sustainability office gave fresh out of college Allie a chance. And at Wake, I did very similar jobs that I did when I was at the UGA sustainability office, but I was getting a salary for them. So it was great. I was able to lead really a variety of all of their communication and events functions for both the Office of Sustainability, their Center for Energy Environment and Sustainability, as well as their grad programs in sustainability. And just really being in charge of all of that outward facing communication. And when I tell you this was my dream job outside of college, like after graduating, like it was my dream job. And I loved it, loved my team, but Ultimately, after two years of living in Winston-Salem, I just had this itch inside of me to return to Athens. I was like, I, I love North Carolina. I love the work I'm doing. And I know that I'm going to leave what the, this dream drop truly. Um, and that was a hard decision, but I was just being called back to Athens. And I ended up working at UGA for a while within their division of development and alumni relations. Got a bit of a fundraising background now added to the mix. And then in 2020, a very weird time to start a job. But in 2020, I started work in my current role at Creature Comforts to really just ensure that the company is consistently and authentically mobilizing its philanthropic resources, but also showcasing stories of our sustainability and our B Corp certification 
to the community and to the world. So my position now is truly, if you think about it, this really cool combination of my sustainability background, but the communication and the PR, as well as that fundraising component. So I feel very lucky to have this position. Well, that's one of those things I think a lot of people you know, even in the B Corp community, we struggle with like telling that story. So that skill set, the PR background of knowing how to tell a compelling story and to paraphrase, paraphrase Matt Stevens, to, how do you tell that story of being seen doing good versus doing good to be seen? And that's kind of a unique skill set that I think more, more B Corps, more of our community needs to probably lean into a little bit that it's okay to be seen doing good. Um, so We've gone now from Costa Rica, which is just such a cool story too, because you were getting just really cool experience and you probably didn't realize at the time that you were building your resume um, to now this role at Creature. But as the role in sustainability and community building, like in your role, what's one thing that, that you wish more people understood about kind of your role and honestly, just the overall profession of like being a sustainability professional, because it's this trendy thing now. Yeah, and I think oftentimes people ask themselves of like, how can I find a job where I can truly make a difference in the world? And I know that sounds very cliche, but I think historically folks always associated social impact careers, you know, with either public service or nonprofit jobs. And I was even guilty of the same line of thinking. And it's funny because I look back to my college self where I made a vow to myself that I would never, ever work for a corporation. I thought they were the root of all evil. (laughs) I know I was just so set on working with a nonprofit or within the public service sector or something like that. Um, But really, as I matured, realized that nonprofits and local government can't do it all on their own. They truly need the business community to help solve and really work towards some of our world's most pressing problems. And I think that's the really exciting thing that in recent years, social impact careers have taken on this really new and exciting outlook as more and more companies, I think, start to realize the importance of incorporating social responsibility within their own business impact models. And I think businesses, both big and small, are really prioritizing this idea of corporate citizenship and this idea of corporate social responsibility and also sustainability. So it's been really exciting to even watch some of the current UGA students that I mentor who are interested in these careers to have so many more options available for jobs like this. It's really exciting to see this field grow. Um, but I like to argue that I think my role as community manager at Creature Comforts is the best ever possible career. Every day, I really get to do well by doing good for the city I love, and that's Athens, Georgia. And I also just try to ensure that every day the work you know we're doing here at Creature Comforts is is making Athens and Athenians proud that Creature itself is headquartered there. Well, as a fellow Athenian, it does. Um, so I'll tip the cap there. Um, as you as you got into this role, um, I love what you said there too, because yeah, it's it's crazy now that there are social impact jobs listed. 
there's so many versus you and I kind of created a role, fell backwards into a role, um, which often brings challenges. So I'm kind of curious is like you get there. Okay. Well, besides COVID, cause you got there in February of 2020, we did meet in person before we were not allowed to meet in person anymore. What outside of that was probably the most challenging thing you faced kind of getting into this new role and, and just kind of that, that profession. I think early on in my career, it was all about getting into the right mindset and hear me out on this one. I just think sometimes the sheer size and complexity of the whole challenges we're facing can feel extremely overwhelming and that can take an emotional toll. And after like fighting and working so hard to break into this sector, sometimes it's hard to grapple with the fact that sometimes it feels like no matter you know, how hard you're working or how many behaviors have shifted or how many dollars go back into the community, like some of the world's dire predictions are exactly the same. And I think especially working within sustainability within higher ed, I mean, I was able to work with some great uh, students who are now young professionals who wanted to see their corner of the world a better place to call home. And that was always just so wonderful to see their passion and how they explored making their community a better place. And I think that's one of the kind of common misperceptions about sustainability, if you will, or even careers in CSR. It's just, I'm just one person. I can't, I can't make a difference. Like what's little me gonna do in this enormous problem? And I think it's hard to look at it of like, there are 7.6 billion people on our planet. I'm not a CEO. I'm not a government official. Like, do I really have a difference that I can make? And I think a, a realization for me amidst the mindset and everything else was just realizing and also preaching to others that yes, as individuals, we are at this micro level for sure. But we are a small part of this much bigger whole of how society works, which would be the macro. And while it may seem sometimes that these macro players like governments and corporations have all the power, I do want to remind folks that they exist to serve us and we decide who to support by giving our votes and our money. And if you think about it, individuals are, in that sense, the ones with the power we just all have to be on the same page in order to activate this power. So I think I ultimately overcame that mindset of like doom and gloom ultimately by realizing that I have a voice, I have a vote, and I have dollars that I can use to collectively determine who I support and what companies I support and where I want to see the world go. Um, I know it's cliche that solution of like, you can be part of the solution or you can basically do nothing and be a part of the problem. And I think with our decisions that we make every day, we're able to shift focus from doom and gloom to really like prioritizing how we could get better. Yeah. And I think, I think that's important. The inspiration for others too, to realize that like, yeah, you're not going to reverse climate change on your own. You're not going to solve poverty. You're not going to solve any of the world's great problems, but it doesn't mean you sit there on your hands and do nothing. It means you make your ripple. Um, even with, you know, your point about, I think I even have 
my product placement here. My water bottle says vote every day, but B Lab ran that that uh, campaign a couple of years ago, and yeah, it's it's vote with supply and demand still moves capitalism and moves the market. So support the businesses you want to support. Work for the businesses you want to work for, and the market will follow. So I think that's important. On you know, and we look at it, and I think we have this misconception that corporations are large and there's just they're often some faraway place but you look at somebody like creature it's local in athens and there's this this firm belief they've created with get comfortable and of, of serving locally and making that making as big of a ripple as possible in your home base and knowing that we can't solve everything so what is it about get comfortable that makes it so special what stands out from that program and, and serving the broader mission and, and just kind of that, I guess the hyper-local focus of it. So what was it about, or what is it about Creatures Get Comfortable campaign and movement and the social impact that it's trying to create? And also the fact that it's focused so locally on, on making as big of an impact as possible. Yeah. And I think even riffing off our conversation so far, Nathan, it's, it's not news to anyone that there is such great need globally. I mean, we wake up in the morning and whether you turn on Good Morning America, whether you're scrolling through Twitter or wherever you get your quick news from these days, I think most of us see what's going on in the world and we say to ourselves, like, my heart is broken. I want to get involved, but I just don't know where to start. And that is really where get comfortable comes in to play. Um, and really just showing people that social social change doesn't have to happen instantly or on your own. And that working together with your community one day at a time to make things better, your, your actions will have a very meaningful impact. So through Get Comfortable, starting in 2022, going all the way to 2027, we are focused on solving the greatest needs in Athens-Clark County. That has always been our mission, but for the next five years, uh, early childhood literacy has been selected as our first multi-year intact area for the Get Comfortable campaign, and specifically targeting gains in third grade reading proficiency. And the aim is to increase the number of third graders through Get Comfortable we're reading on grade level from 20 to 60 percent by 2027. And if you've been tracking with the Get Comfortable program, you'll know that historically we focused on efforts uh, that were really relief focused. And our advisory council and some of the focus groups of just community experts and leaders and folks you know, within the school district had encouraged us to shift our energies further upstream to this, you know, development and prevention initiatives in hopes that if we are able to tackle some of these problems earlier with a very hyper-focused intervention, then hopefully that will lead to more lasting results locally. And so get comfortable. I feel like we are in this reinvention stage right now and we're kind of building the program back up as we go. But it it has been very exciting and I, I'm excited for the next five years of this program saying how far we can move that needle. I mean, I think it's truly unacceptable that only 20% of our third graders are able to read on grade level. Um, that's just a statistic that I don't want to have to look at anymore. I want to see this get better 
at the same time from the business perspective, because all that folks are thinking, what on earth is a brewery going to do about increasing third grade literacy? And great question. But I do think moving forward, I mean, the folks that are in elementary school now will one day be our workforce. And we're a local business. We want to attract and retain talented local folks and just looking forward to the future and making sure that we're catching some of these students and we're working with them to ensure that they have better outcomes in life. So it's it's very exciting, very exciting work. Well, and I'm a big fan of upstream solutions too. I think, you know, going back to what we discussed earlier of, you know, we're not going to change the world, but I think for the longest time, uh, philanthropy has been focused on putting band-aids on the problem versus actually looking upstream and going, where's this problem coming from? You know, you think about homelessness and poverty and a lot of these things, and it comes from the fact that when you, you fall behind in education, you're more likely to drop out. And all this data, which is why I love the way Creatures approach to getting data to these problems and asking the people in the community doing the work where these problems lie. I think that's the beauty and a nice shift that we're seeing, I think, in the charitable giving, charitable social impact space right now is a, is a focus on let's solve the problem, even though we know that maybe that instant gratification isn't there because there's no nice, like we did this or we built this. It's like, no, it's going to be, we might be 10, 15, 20 years down the road till we start to see the impact of what Creature's doing. Um, I also want to say that 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 is a very, um, get comfortable. And I remember we were, when we were working on the B Corp certification that came up a bunch of times, but it's a very B Corp-ish um, foundation. And the fact that, you know, you're going above and beyond to donate essentially revenue and you're raising money from partners, but there's also, you, know, you can contribute money on your birthday. You can make donations, you know, you, you, there's a special beer that's out right now. That's a collaboration with Bell's Brewing, um, all these different ways where revenue gets carved out of the creature revenue stream to get put into this program. But with the B Corp certification process, I know we were, you, you, I don't know why I said we, you were doing this work before you started the B Corp process, but talk a little bit about, cause you came on essentially, that was your first role was let's finish the B Corp certification. And also, oh, you can run this small little thing called get comfortable. Um, so let just talk about what your experience was and what you learned from that B Corp process and kind of um, how it, I would say it helped a good company become great. Well, like you said, Nathan, and I will say it, I do consider this a wee thing because I did not do this on my own. It took a lot of folks at Creature, a lot of folks like yourself and Zach really speaking into the certification. But as you mentioned, yeah, I was not yet at Creature when they took the first stab at the B Impact Assessment. And if you'll remember, and just to give a, a plug, one of the many, many, many perks of being located in a college town, I think, is some of the very unique partnerships that we've been able to form with the University of Georgia. One of those partnerships being UGA's B Collaborative Program. And within these this program for folks who are unfamiliar, brilliant UGA MBA students work with currently certified B Corps or in our case, those working towards certification to establish or improve upon their B impact assessment score. And so throughout the fall of 2019, these students use the B impact assessment to really provide Creature 
our roadmap forward for our company's eventual certification. And that was again, back in fall of 2019. And when I arrived at Creature in January of 2020, one of the items on my performance plan was that the company wanted to achieve B Corp certification by the end of the year. And I was like, that is not a daunting task whatsoever, but okay, okay. But luckily I had this wonderful starting point for Creature's certification journey, all thanks to this honestly powerhouse team of UGA MBA students. And so when I came in on day one and I had this initial baseline score on the B impact assessment and also just a very clear roadmap forward of the steps that Creature needed to take to close that gap, it was instrumental. And so from there, I became the self-proclaimed beekeeper and I had just assembled this cross-functional team of creatures to help us bridge the gap from 59 points to the 80 points required for certification. And we were able to close that gap. We ended up submitting our the impact assessment and we're waiting. We submitted at the end, and I want to make this very clear. We submitted before the end of 2020, but we were in the verification queue and, you know, filling in some gaps. And we became a B Corp in April of 2021. And then we had those three months to amend our legal governing documents, all that fun nitty gritty stuff really to fulfill B Corp's legal requirements. So I like to say we became officially official uh, in the summer of 2021 when we made the announcement publicly that we were indeed a certified B Corporation. And this entire process, I think has been a wonderful moment of self-reflection for the company you know, we learned what areas we excel at. We see where we're very strong and we know our B Corp superpowers, if you will. But at the same time, and the beauty of the B Impact Assessment is, is also that it points out where you're falling short and where you really need to dig in to be a better business for your people and for the community and for the planet. And so we are certified and I'm very proud of that certification because like you had said, Nathan, our, everyone knew that Creature was doing some amount of good. Like even before I joined the team at Creature, I was aware of their community impact programs and aware of some of the awesome, you know, benefits that their employees got. Like people knew Creature was doing good. It was just that this certification was us like not only talking the talk, but walking the walk and being like, this proves that we're doing good. And we certified right at 80.4 points. So right on that threshold, but it's been awesome because even now we're preparing for recertification in 2024. And I have that same B team so eager to see if we can crest a hundred points by the time we go to recertify. So we're we are taking where we are now and really trying to make it even better. That's one of our company's you know, core values is to make it better. And we're like, 
okay, we're, we're good enough to be a B Corp, but like that is just the beginning for us to truly be that force for good. Sounds like we have a fall 2023 UGA project yes, on our hands. Um, but I do, I do love the plug for UGA. I hear horrible things about the teacher, but the students are brilliant. Um, so, um, and, and honestly, I will plug that right now. If you're interested throughout the state, if you're listening to this, honestly, if you're listening beyond Georgia, there are tons of academic institutions. Um, even within the state, we have UGA, Emory, Kennesaw State's running some projects, Agnes Scott with plans to expand. So if you're interested in working with students, please get in touch. Uh, it's a wonderful opportunity, not only for you to receive some help from some brilliant minds, but also to pay it forward a bit and that you will probably inspire some students to, even if they don't go directly into sustainability, you're giving them an opportunity to learn that B Corp framework and that model of how to continuously improve and measure what matters. So, um, yeah, I thank you, Allie, for bringing that up because I think that's a it's a wonderful opportunity for businesses. So I was just going to echo you, Nathan. They were instrumental. If anyone out there is interested in pursuing B Corp certification, take Nathan up on this offer. It was a game changer for Creature Comforts. Yeah, I mean, yeah, hundred um, percent. And even even at Victorium, I, I, that's it was the original project that I worked on as a student, and now I work still work for them, and am now teaching the B Corp class. So I take back everything I said about that teacher. Um, my my last question for today. Normally, I throw the wild card out here. I'm going to give you like a dealer's choice. Um, either the I always ask, what's one question? you wish I would have asked you. But for you, I feel like we've talked so much about inspiration and, and really being the change, however small, you know, making your ripple. So I will either go with, you can, you can answer the, what's the one question you wish I would have asked you or what's giving you hope? Like what gives you hope as you wake up in the morning and you check your phone and you go, oh boy, what gives you hope to, to get out face today and continue to be as positive as you always are? Well, I feel like some of my original answers might have been a little too doom and gloom. So I'm going to go with sharing some hope. For me, I have a lot of hope in the millennial generation, but also the upcoming Gen Zers. I really believe that these two, you know, cohorts believe in their individual power to drive change. These two generations are really the ones channeling their energies towards meaningful action. They're increasing their political involvement. They're aligning their spending and their career choices with their values. They're driving change on societal issues that matter. And in turn, I think they're adding some extra pressure to some institutions like businesses and governments to do more to help bring about you know, a better vision for the future. And while there's a lot of work that needs to be done, I just have so much hope that we collectively will be able to, to turn things around. And also, I will say working creature has given me a lot of, a lot of hope as well. I think oftentimes it's so hard to feel like we have to tackle all of these problems. But really what I've learned at Creature is that you got to focus on your community. You got to focus on what's around you and what you could have, you know, an impact on. And so being able to work at Creature and to 
you know, be a part of Get Comfortable with its 60 plus business partners and these nonprofit agencies and so many different community members. I have so much faith and hope that we are going to be able to see that needle move on third grade reading proficiencies here in Athens. And then after those five years, it's like, what's, what's next? You know, like we are here, we are dedicated to this community and dedicated to making some lasting changes. And so I'm really excited just to see where this campaign goes and what we as the community of Athens are able to do for, for others in our community, but also for ourselves. Love it. Great place to leave off. Um, yeah. Inspire others to take action. I think that you're never going to accomplish anything if you do nothing. So no matter how small that ripple is, let's start somewhere. And I know you guys have been an inspiration to me working with you and Matt and Fenwick and Chris and everybody at Creature. So I'm grateful for your, your time today and your wisdom and your energy that you always exude and your positive outlook on the world, um, even though there is a lot of doom and gloom. Um, so yeah, so thank you so much for joining the podcast today, Ali. It's always, always a pleasure and always fun to share these oh, conversations. Well, thanks for having me. This is my first ever podcast. Well, beautiful. And, and even though I host them, I'm, uh, I completely forgot to even ask you where, if people want to follow the wit and wisdom of Ali Helga, where can they find you online? Yeah. And I'd be more than happy to continue the conversation if anything I said today was meaningful to you, or if you're pursuing B Corp certification or looking to start your own philanthropic programs, your own business, uh, reach out to me. You can connect on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, I'm Allison Hellinga rather than Allie, trying to be a little professional, I guess. And then you can also feel free to email me. I am at a.hellinga, and that's H-E-L-L-E-N-G-A at ccbeerco.com. Looking forward to continuing the conversation. And thanks again for having me. Awesome. Um, Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, thank you listeners for tuning in. And we'll see you next time on Be The Change Georgia. Well, that wraps up another edition of Be The Change Georgia. We're grateful as always for the opportunity to serve you with this content and grow this incredible community of purpose-driven B Corp leaders. If you haven't already, we would be grateful for you to rate the show wherever you get your podcast by simply tapping the number of stars you think it deserves and sharing it with a friend. This helps us get the word out and continue to use our collective influence as a force for good. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help from our production team at Chat with Leaders Media. Learn how you can launch your own podcast to grow your business at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again for listening. And now go be a leader worth following.